turn in your Bibles to Hebrews 11? If you have a Bible, if not, look at someone next door to you, look at your phone, we're going to have it also up there. Can we stick it up please, Johnny? Hebrews 11. This is a, a great chapter on faith. Let's just read this. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had an opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. Ecclesiastes 3, next one. 3.11, next verse. I don't have it. Okay, just don't worry. Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says that God has set eternity in the hearts of men. And uh, for me, there's, whether you're sitting here today, you believe in Jesus or not, you believe in the afterlife or not, you believe, I'm going to paint something of a picture of heaven. This is going to be a four-week series on eternity, and we're going to be covering those questions. What happens after I die? What is heaven and hell like? Who goes to heaven? Are there rewards in heaven for what I've done on earth? These are key things, not only for people who don't know Jesus, but people who are looking in. And saying maybe, I'm, I'm kind of just, just questioning some of the claims of Christ. I want to find out more about it. So this is uh, eternity. I'm trusting God's going to do some great things amongst us in this time. And uh, I want to read a quote by A.W. Tozer. It says this, Let no one apologize for the powerful emphasis Christianity lays upon the doctrine of the world to come. Right there lies, uh, sorry, right there lies its immense superiority to everything else. And within the whole sphere of the human thought or experience, we do well to think and long for tomorrow. Who's actually thought about heaven or what it's going to be like? Can you raise your hands? Okay. See, I think we've got, uh, we've got certain preconceived ideas of what heaven is like. Um, Johnny, I think there's two pictures there. It should be there. Okay, that's the one. I generally, like most people think, you know, like it comes from that song, Stairway to Heaven. Um, you know, like it's, it's, it's kind of that, that feeling that somewhere in the clouds, there's a whole bunch of angels that are just all small and cute, and they're, like throwing, they're shooting hearts at one another, uh, cherry buns, cherry buns. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a picture that's been painted, I think, a lot by movies, and actually not really by the Bible. And we've got another one here. Yeah, all those go to heaven, who remembers that movie? Okay, I'm sorry for animal lovers, which there is quite a fear amongst us. There is animals in heaven. I'm not convinced your actual pets will go to heaven. But, uh, <laughs> but it's like, I'm leaving. Kush, your dogs will go to heaven, bro. Um, but you see, there's, there's these pictures that I think Hollywood, that uh, maybe we've even learned in school. We have like a certain... Uh, idea of what heaven is, is like or what it may be like and now for me I want to paint a picture today of uh, what actually heaven is about, what the Bible says and for me the thing is when you go to a steak restaurant you expect a steak Okay, am I right? I'm going somewhere with this, when you go to a pizzeria you expect a pizzeria, by the way thank you for everyone who helped towards my pizza oven, I'm going to get cracking on tomorrow, it's going to be awesome but um you come to church and we're going to read from the Bible. Because we believe that the Bible is the final authority. It's, it's, if you look at the infallibility, which means that the Bible is without fault. 
and it, it kind of speaks about uh, heaven, hell, eternity, salvation, the bigger plan of God, creation, all that kind of thing. And scientists have tried to disprove it for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it keeps, actually what's happening of late, and I've done a, a thing on this already, but science is actually proving what the Bible says. So we believe 100%. Some of you have misconceptions of what heaven is like. And I think one of the, the, the biggest tactics of the enemy is to paint a dull, boring picture of heaven so we don't have anything to look forward to. And uh, I know that um, even as I've been going through this, I've been, I've been reading, probably done the most research I have ever for, for a series. And uh, I've been so blown away about, about understanding heaven. I, I haven't heard it much preached. I haven't, people have kind of mentioned heaven, how you know it's kind of up and down or whatever. And that's not even really the truth, which you're going to find out soon. So I'm almost like a, a real estate showing you what your house and what your place is going to look like that side of eternity. And, uh, I, and I'm not here to sell it to you. In a way I am, but I'm going to let Jesus sell it to you. I'm going to let the Word sell it to you. Something my wife said yesterday. She said, Satan hates the fact that we're going to a place that he was kicked out of. See, so the enemy wants to try to deceive us and try to make us believe that, that this earth is all there is. That, uh, that, that as, we, as we die and we step to that other side of eternity, that there's nothing, there's either nothing or there's actually no consequences to your sin. There's, there's, there's nothing that side of eternity. And the, the, the enemy has been lying to us from day one and we've been trying to get our view off heaven and to try and if we get our view off heaven we don't, we're not motivated to number one get there but we're also not motivated to tell other people about Jesus and that is for me the number one motivation of why we why we actually set up here on a Friday why we set up lights why we do all this stuff not to be cool we do it because we want to see Jesus come into people's lives we want to see people that were headed in one, one direction going towards the enemy towards hell towards Towards a, 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 a dead eternity to an eternity where there's life. It's, it's kind of the point of the Bible in a lot of ways. The interesting thing about me telling you about some of your real estate, although it's free because it's actually paid for by Jesus Christ, which means that through simply believing in Him, we get eternal life, as it says in John 3.16, one of the most famous verses in the Bible. For, uh, for God so loved the world that He ever gave... <laughs> I got it wrong. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. It is the most important. You see that in soccer games. You see that everywhere because it's the absolute truth. And it's a simple belief in Jesus that what happens is that we get Jesus' righteousness. He lived the absolutely perfect life. Therefore, we get our pathway to heaven, into the other side of eternity. Heaven is about Jesus. See, the interesting thing, and, I've, and I haven't really asked people this, but I know that in my, in myself, I'd be like, so describe what, what your mansion in heaven is going to be like. And I know I've sat with Morty, and she's already, like, she's already kind of planned the whole interior of her, of her mansion in heaven. She's an interior decorator. And, uh, and she says, no, she's going to be next, next to some famous preacher. She's already told God what's happening, you know. And, um, and a lot of people, when they paint the picture of, of, their, of their heavenly home, this, I'm going to have this endless golf course. Who plays golf amongst us? I'm not one of them. But it's, I heard it's quite fun. I tried it once or twice. But um, they, they kind of, we're going to have this endless golf course right outside. For me, I think heaven is going to revolve around a lot of food. I'm not going to be a glutton. But, I'm, uh, but uh, it's, can you imagine the food that we're going to eat in heaven? I'll, I'll get to that later. 
heaven, ultimately we can name all these things what heaven is going to be like. Jeremy, like, well, I'm going to have the biggest skate park, and I'm just going to be able to just do, I kind of, if I mention any, like, moves, I'm just going to look like a child. And Ali, bro. <laughs> no, he's going to do some massive airs that will kind of last for a thousand years, then he'll come back down, and then, uh, you know what I mean? So... There's all, these, there's all these views that people like say, this is what we're going to do when we get to heaven. But actually, the main point of heaven is Jesus. And the interesting thing is a thought that I've been thinking on for quite a while. Is that uh, Jesus prayed a prayer. He says, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is representing the Father in heaven. I want to just... To, to understand heaven, we have to start with the kingdom of God. So... Let's do this. Good, I just want to say this before that. Good people don't go to heaven. People saved by Jesus do. It's as simple as that. that uh, that's what we believe. That's what the Bible, I believe, teaches from cover to cover. It's what millions, if not billions of people believe across the world. That if you want to enter into the next life and, and be almost allowed into heaven, it's through Jesus Christ. And a simple belief in Him, it comes and washes your, your sins away. In the New Testament, the Gospels of the Kingdom and the Gospels, uh, sorry, the the, king, the Gospel of the Kingdom of Heaven and the Kingdom of God are kind of used interchangeably. And for me, the idea that number one, that God is immutable. Who knows what immutable is? I'll be very impressed if you do. You're going to learn something today. Immutable. Huh? Exactly. Wrong ten points. God, uh, immutable means that God doesn't change, which means God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, so the Old Testament, they, they got to a place where they had this view of God that is just this strict guy in heaven that is just coming to smite them and to, to, to kind of kill any life that there was. Then Jesus comes along and he shows Jesus is 100% God. He shows what God the Father is like. He brings heaven to earth. And the amazing thing that when Jesus is teaching us to pray, I was thinking about this as I was going to bed last night, that when Jesus teaches us to pray, He says, the way you bring the kingdom to earth is to pray this Lord's Prayer. It's to, it's to, it's to pray that God's, God's kingdom would reign in this place. So everyone who's given their lives to Christ, they come into the, the, the kingdom of God. And the reason I'm telling you is that because we, the, the kingdom, we have to understand that the kingdom of God is in already, but not yet. So Jesus came, he started the kingdom of God, he came to earth, he died, he was, uh, was born, uh, resurrected after three days. Uh, he inaugurated and started the kingdom of God. But this kingdom we live in as believers reflects to the next. Can we put up Psalm 145? It says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all He promises and faithful in all He does. 2 Samuel 7, 14. It's a prophesying about Jesus. He is the one who will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of His kingdom forever. Jesus came and established a kingdom. This kingdom doesn't change. It's the same kingdom that goes to heaven. So what I'm trying to say is that there's a link between how we live now as believers and how we're going to actually what, what kind of rewards, what, kind of, what, what our heavenly experience is going to look like. And uh, my prayer over these next four weeks is that we change our perspective from Dubai, from uh, the things that consume us. Just, I mean, I, I just think so many things that I get irritated with are so small in the light of eternity. And if anything, what I would like to paint the picture today and over the next few weeks is that the decisions we make uh, the way we, we interact with people, the, whatever we do, 
It's in light of eternity. It's in light of understanding that we're part of this kingdom that, is, that has been established, but it's going to last forever, that Jesus is the king. It's why we can experience pockets of heaven on earth today. Salvation is a pocket of, of heaven coming down. Someone, when someone gets healed of, of whatever it is, we've seen people healed in this church. It's, it's, it's heaven coming to earth because we know that in heaven there's no sickness, there's no crying, there's no disease, there's, there's none of these things. And that's why Jesus says, pray for your kingdom to come now. So we can experience part of heaven now, but it's going to pale in comparison to where we are going to be going. Okay, so I've got about seven points on heaven that I'm going to go through. Before I get there, just, okay, suppose we were here a hundred years ago and we were the first people to come in and speak to the Bedouin people and then we, say, we go to them and say, listen, do you know probably about 20 or 15,000 kilometers from here is, uh, is really green grass. It rains all the time. The maximum temperature, I'm talking about Norelia. Who's been to Norelia in Sri Lanka? It's up on the mountain in the middle of Sri Lanka. Probably one of those beautiful places I've ever been to in my life. It's, it's, uh, the, the green is just crazy. And if we, had to come, if we were the first people to come here 100 years ago to speak to the Bedouin, and we say, listen, there's a place that if you had to kind of sail for a very long time, you'd get to a place called Sri Lanka, you'd go up a mountain, and you'd see a place that it's absolutely green. They'd look at you and say, no ways. Because their whole life experience has been, um, has been one of desert. Oh, sorry, I've missed out on saying yeah. Okay, so point one about heaven. Heaven is an actual place. And I'm hoping just that this will, this will change something of your mindset. Heaven is an actual place. It's not some ethereal place where we all bounce on clouds. And um, it's, uh, you can write down verses if you want to. It's the location that have been traveled, turned from by Christ, by angels. And in rare, rare circumstances, people have gone to heaven and come back to earth. We'll be looking at a few of those over the next few weeks. Heaven is a place prepared for us. John 14, 2. I think I've got the verse up there. My father's house has many rooms. If that, if they were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? I'm going to prepare, and and if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, and that you also may be where I am. Jesus right now is preparing a place for us. There's there's an actual place in heaven, and uh, saying that he's not just preparing uh, a place for us, but he's preparing us for that place. Heaven is not going to be just about us having endless days of doing nothing. We're going to actually, I think there's going to be work in heaven. The Bible does allude to that, that we're going to actually do stuff in heaven. But see, the sweat on our brow and the curse of work was, was due to the fall. And we, we, we work hard and, and work is hard and it's a, it's a drudge to go to work because of the curse. But I believe that uh, God's original intention is for us to, to live fulfilled lives because we, we, uh, we are in heaven with him. Number three, my favorite, heaven is a place to feast. And uh, the, the place I get this from is that in Jesus' resurrection body, so basically what happens is that Jesus uh, dies three days later, comes, was resurrected from the dead. Uh, he, he goes and sits down with his disciples, and they, they offer him uh, grilled fish and honeycomb. So main course, dessert, Jesus sits down. Now he's actually in his glorified body. Because when they were looking at him, they were like saying, is it actually him? We're not sure. We think it's Jesus. It kind of looks like him, but we're not sure. And then only once he started speaking to them and showed the scars that they realized 
that it was Jesus. And by the way, Jesus is the only one with scars in heaven. Because it's going to be a constant reminder to us of the scars that he carried for us so we can get to that place of eternity. Matthew 8, 11, it says this. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and they'll take their places at the feast of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Let me say this. It won't be like Dubai food. Okay. You go to Spinney's, you go to Carrefour, you go to Giant, wherever you shop, and you pick up something that looks like a tomato or something that looks like an orange and you eat it and it's just got no flavor. I can't tell you how many times I've done that. I've cut an orange down the middle and it's dry. Maybe I'm shopping at the wrong places. Um... But for me, food in heaven is going to be what God originally intended. Can you imagine the gardens in heaven where it's absolutely perfect, absolutely 100% organic. You don't get more organic than heaven. It's going to be the best food we've ever tasted. And uh, on a few occasions, I've been to nice restaurants, uh, mainly by friends who've taken us there. And, uh, and I've sat down and like literally after every mouthful, we look at each other and we just like, we smile. You know, we're like, like rum, if we go to rum, it's normally foie gras. Um, and, he'll, and he'll look and he'll just like, this is awesome. And he, like, we went recently, he took me out for my birthday and he did not share at all with me. Um, but the whole thing is that we, we, we enjoy food on earth. How much more in heaven? There's going to be feasting. And I also believe that there's going to be perfect community in heaven. We're going to understand that hey, some of you have kind of a, you've had an amazing night with friends and you go home and you're like, wow, that is an incredible evening. I think that's going to be a constant state of being in heaven. There's just going to be this, we understand perfect community. We understand what feasting is together. We understand just loving, loving each other unconditionally, etc. Bible says we're going to laugh in heaven. The Bible says we're going to be childlike. And I love this. Is that heaven parties when one sinner comes to Christ. There's a party that's thrown in heaven. I don't know what it looks like. It's probably crazier than every, any party you've ever been to. Anyway, any, whatever you can imagine was a crazy party minus all the bad stuff that goes along with the party. But in heaven, it's going to be way better. There's going to be the party of all parties happening there. Fourth point. Christ himself will illuminate heaven. Revelation 21 says this. The city does not need the sun or moon to shine it. For the glory of God gives it light. And the lamb is its lamp. Jesus is going to illuminate heaven. That's why I keep saying that, that actually the, the, the point of heaven is Jesus Christ. Number five, heaven. Is, so a lot of you guys will know this already, but I really, I've just felt to just paint a, a, a broad biblical picture so we can get into some more specifics in the next few weeks. Heaven is referred to as up. Uh, there's, there's a moment when, when Jesus has the five loaves and two fishes and he breaks them and he looks up to heaven. So there's, there's, there, there's obviously other scriptures that speak about it, but it's, it's speaking of that heaven is an upward place. Number six, another favorite of mine, heaven is a city. I think I've got this revelation. 21, verse 1 to 2. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And that for me is that's, that's the, the final city. That's almost the final stage of heaven. I'll talk about the different stages of heaven as we go. But heaven is going to be a city. Now, imagine the buzz of, who's been to New York? Put your hands up. New York, London, uh, I'd say Dubai at times. It's, there's, there's a buzz in a city. 
We're going to be in, in the city of cities. It's going to be the, the, the best city ever. There's going to be no, no crime, corruption, sin, pollution. It's going to be run well. I come from a country which I, this, I don't even know what it is. If it's third world or first world, it kind of has different areas of, of whatever it is. But the point is, in South Africa, things aren't run extremely well. Anyone who's tried to get an identity document or a passport or anything like that. I mean, I, uh, Brendan was telling me that he went to the Australian embassy here, and within a day and a half, he got a new, a new uh, Australian passport. South Africa, you go and apply for your passport, yes, six months later, maybe. You know what I mean? It's like kind of a lucky draw whether you're going to get your passport or not. The point is that in heaven, things are going to be run well. You're going to have God, the administrator of administrators, overseeing this, this incredible city that's just going to run perfectly. For Mark, who, who lights up cities, he, he builds power stations. Jesus is going to be the energy that is going to, that is going to keep that city going. Um, it's going to be a melting pot of ethnic diversity. It says that every nation, tribe, and tongue are going to live in the same place. For some of you who are introverts, you're probably hating this right now. You're like, oh my goodness. I mean, I'm going to be around people constantly. God knows exactly who you are. And in your glorified state, you're, going to, you're, going to, you're not going to worry about any of that stuff anyway. It's going to be a place of creativity. And so I'm saying, I think sometimes our view of heaven is really like, okay, cool, we just got over the line. Okay, God, what are we going to do now? I think God has plans for us. That's out of eternity. It says that if you're faithful with the little here, you're going to rule over cities. That's an amazing thing. Like, if, if, if I'm faithful with my call before God, before other people, that all I have to do is be faithful to what God has called me to do, in the next life, God is going to put me over cities. And I, and I honestly believe this, that, that your gifting and calling now, the way God has made you, is going to extend into eternity, but it's just going to be a whole lot better. So if you thought you were creative, yeah, it's going to like shoot through the roof the other side. And I think some of you have lived your lives and not realized your destiny on calling. It's because for, for whatever reason, you've kind of maybe people have shut down, maybe people, fathers have spoken negative things over you, whatever it is, and you're not walking out what God has called you to do. When you go to heaven, God's going to say, okay, this is actually the plan I have for you. I believe that there's going to be incredible creativity. There's going to be cool coffee shops. This, I'm campaigning like, I don't have a Bible reference for that or for even to drink coffee. But it's, there's, going to, there's, going to be, there's going to be vibe in heaven. And the main thing is that there's going to be no place of sin. There's going to, it's, just, we, it's almost like we won't even know what sin is, which is an incredible thing. We live on this earth and we all have this propensity to, to lean towards sinning. It's the easiest thing to sin. In heaven, we're going to not understand what that is. I just think it's going to be an amazing, amazing thing. Heaven, for the ladies, there's going to be 12 gates around heaven made of a single pearl. And okay, now Revelation 21 speaks about the dimensions of heaven. It says it's that it's 2 million square miles, which is... 5.1 million square kilometers, for those of you working kilometers, the normal metric system. Um, and then, uh, and then it, it says if you, if you work it out, it's going to be 15,000 miles high. That is 39,000 kilometers high. That is going to be the New Jerusalem. That, I mean, for me, that's, I'm going to go jump off the top building and just fly for like 
ages. And then eventually when you get to the bottom, you just kind of do like a stop, you know? I'm just, we, we're going to have so much fun in heaven. I mean, I, I know it's probably sounding funny, but this is really, this is in the Bible. This is, and if you think how big that is, 39,000 kilometers is pretty much the circumference of the earth. I think pilots would tell me, how much is the circumference of the earth? Oh. Okay, what's it in miles? 24,000. 24,000. Okay, so it's a little less. But um, 39,000 kilometers, that's, that's how high the city of God is going to be. So whether we take that literally, and maybe even bigger, and that's just the city, never mind the whole of heaven, never mind God who can constantly carry on creating. And we're going to be part of this, uh, the, this, this, uh, this joy in heaven. And for me, it's, if we understand this place we're going to, it's, it's so much easier to lead people and say, do you know what? No matter what you're going through here, there's, there's a place that is going to be absolutely perfect. And I, and I want us to live here with, in light of eternity. To say, do you know what? After we step over this, this boundary line called death, that we're going to go into a place called paradise. And that's my last point. Heaven is a paradise. And this you can read out of uh, Luke. Actually, can we turn there? Luke 23, verse 32. Luke 23, 32. Almost done. The problem is when I do a lot of studying, I'm just, I've got like a million thoughts going through my head right now, and I just I have to stick to my notes. Otherwise, I'll be a whole, all day. 23.32. It says, Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him, talking about Jesus going onto the, the uh, hill, Skull Hill. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified him with the criminals. And Jesus cries out, he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. They end up casting lots for his clothing, etc. Um, and then from 39 it says, actually 36, The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was an inscription uh, over him that says, uh, King of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged, uh, railed next to him, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. And I think when we, this for me is the gospel. It's that the, this good news of Jesus is in the center of two people. You'll see the other person now. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do, do you not fear God, since you're under the same sentence and condemnation? And indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember, we, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, this is Jesus, Truly I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. And for me, it's, that's, that is just a picture of, of the, the message of the gospel. Corinthians says that the, the, the preaching of the gospel is, is foolishness to, to some, but to those are perishing, it's absolute life. And you have two people on a cross. The one guy sitting one side and he's mocking Christ. And I think a lot of people in the world sit and they mock Jesus. They mock the world. Uh, so they mock the church. They, they look, oh, what are you guys doing? Weird. Raising your hands. Uh, you're always so happy. Like, you, you, you're so small-minded because you believe in this stuff. And then you have the other side, the other guy on the cross. And he's just he's saying, listen, Jesus, please, I, I don't even expect to be saved. But just remember me somehow. When you get to your kingdom. And for me, there's the gospel of Jesus. In that very moment of that guy about to pass off into eternity, he just, he cries out and then Jesus says to him, today you'll see me in paradise. And for me, that's my last point of what heaven is. Heaven is paradise. It's a place, in Corinthians it says, 
uh, that whatever we can imagine, whatever our mind can muster up, whatever the best creative person can do, heaven is way better. It's way, way better. And, uh, and for me, I just... And that's why even I did a whole lot of picture searching yesterday for pictures of heaven, maybe what artists have done and all that kind of thing. And I just think all of these just pale in comparison to, to what it's actually going to be like that side of eternity. If God says that no matter what you thought up, heaven is going to be better.